1: daily face-off
2: podcast comes courtesy of the nation network here's your host brock segan
0: with dylan d berthium and michael biebs bondy welcome ladies and gentlemen to season eight episode 27 of the dfo fantasy podcast i'm your host brock segan with me today we've got dylan d Berthum. d how's it going bud ah
2: uh, brock fantastic here with you and it's a friday
0: can't beat it doesn't get any better than that Um, So yeah, today's episode is going to be a little bit weird, a little bit different than normal. Uh, We tried to record last night, but uh, as is customary now on the DFO Fantasy Podcast, whenever it's a uh, podcast night, it's an extreme weather event in Windsor, Ontario. So weather was brutal. The boys went to the Spitfires game. It just didn't line up like we hoped it would. And so yeah, here we are on a Friday morning, a, a very rare Friday morning episode of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. Beebs is running the site for me. Uh, I'm here with D. D's going to be giving us his streamers of the week to start things off, um, kind of an inverse of how we normally do things. So D will give us his weekend streamers to start. And then it'll be just you and I, me and the listeners, talking about the playoff schedule. I looked ahead uh, at the playoff schedule, figured out which teams play the most games, which teams have the easiest matchups during the playoffs, uh, fantasy hockey playoffs, and just trying to outline some of the best teams to target for buy-low candidates, maybe waiver-wire candidates that you want to hold on to long term uh so all of that we'll discuss here in the second half of the show but without
2: any more waiting let's get to it let's get to these streamers of the weekend all righty then okay so we got ourselves um a pretty classic nhl weekend schedule here uh, we got two games uh today friday um or tonight rather 14 on saturday uh and then just five on sunday so obviously we're going to be looking at teams going on friday sunday this weekend uh, but just like last weekend, we have only one team playing on the two lesser nights, and that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. They take on the Senators at home on Friday before traveling to New Jersey on Sunday. Um, so, getting right into it, uh, obviously the big names Melkin, Gensel, Crosby—you're not going to find them on your waiver on your waiver wire, even in the shallowest of leagues. But uh, there is a chance that you could find one of Ricard Raquel, who's 61% owned, or Brian Rust at 55% owned. Um, so, if they happen to be available, or you're in a shallower league, they. Uh, are definitely both fantastic options this weekend. Um, Go out and get them if you can. Raquel, 16 goals, 14 assists in 44 games this season. Skating on the second line with Malkin, that line has just been cooking lately. Uh, He's on the top power play unit as well. So he would be um, my top pick simply because you get the full power play correlation there too. Whereas Rust, uh, 10 goals, 17 assists in 44 games. He's on the second power play unit, but is skating with Crosby and Gensel at 5v5. Um, the man of the hour though, the most widely available is Jason Zucker, uh, 29% owned. Zucker offers similar upside to rust and Raquel, but is available in over 70% of leagues. He's on the second power play unit, uh, but is the third piece, the second line alongside Malkin and Raquel, which I said is cooking right now. He's got, uh, Zucker that has got 12 goals, 17 assists in 40 games on the year has been particularly hot of late. He's got four goals and two assists in his last six games. So, Uh, If all three are rostered already, which obviously there's a a decent chance uh, with Zucker already being up around 30%, uh, we do have a couple of fallback options. Just going to have to watch the status of Chris Latang here, but honestly, Ty Smith at, at 6% own would be an interesting option if Latang were to remain out this weekend, though that seems unlikely. I don't know, Brock, did we get an update this evening? Yeah.
0: yeah, so it actually looks like there's a chance that Jeff Petrie returns tonight. Um, Latang remains out. Petrie was on the ice for the morning skate and did uh, quarterback the top power play unit this morning. Um, He remains a game time decision for Friday. So it's unclear if he's going to play or not. But obviously, if he does, that would certainly hurt Ty Smith, um, which is weird. Like I would have thought that Ty Smith would remain in that top power play unit spot, um, even if Petrie came back. But that doesn't really look like it's going to be the case um, if Petrie plays tonight.
2: Yeah, that is a little surprising. I, you know, You'd know, you think they'd just dull back his minutes at 5v5 a little bit because Smith has been up around 22, 23 minutes a night while Letang has been out. Uh, and he's done a pretty good job quarterbacking that that top power play. Like you said, he's got four points in his last seven. Um, he would be a good bet to get you an extra point this weekend if uh, Letang were absent and he's still on that top power play unit. But it sounds like if Petrie is back as well, then um, Smith's role atop that unit could be in jeopardy. So definitely one to watch and maybe one to... Um, really, if you can just wait around, uh, that's a 7. PM start tonight, right? 7. PM Eastern time. Yeah, it is. So if you can, uh, if you have the luxury, uh, you know, set an alarm on your phone for maybe, uh, 22 quarter to 6:45 tonight. Uh, and just see what the, the details are regarding both Petrie and Latang. Tang. Uh, I, it sounds like they're both threats to Smith spot on that top power play unit. But if, uh, if they're both out, um, Smith could be a decent option. He's been a really good play in DFS the last uh, week or so while the has been out. Uh, but yeah, situation it's worth mentioning just yep. uh, just quickly. Petrie didn't really participate in your traditional
0: line rushes. He only participated participated on the power play. So he might not be back Friday. It's going to be kind of an interesting one to watch for sure.
2: Definitely, definitely. But obviously, big risk to uh, the status of Smith on Sunday as well. Not his status per se, but just his upside uh, sounds like there's a good chance that at least one of those two Peacher, the Tang will be back by Sunday, but, um, yeah, obviously it's better than nothing. If you got the empty slot, uh, and he's staying atop that top power play unit, like I said, it'd be a good bet to uh, pick you up an extra point this weekend. Um, but if the Tang and Petri are both back, you're scraping and you're left scraping the bottom of the barrel, then we can definitely roll the dice on Jeff Carter, uh, 6% own. He's got 19 points in 41 games this season. Uh, so this is certainly a, a roll of the dice here. He's been relegated to a third line role, but he is still on the second power play unit. Uh, he's been pretty cold of late. He's pointless in his last five. He did have a nice little stretch uh, four of four or five games. Before that, where he was picking up uh, points, but um, I do think he's the best of the rest if Rust, Raquel, Zuker are rostered and assuming Le- Letang or Petrie return to the lineup. So uh, yeah, obviously not as much upside, upside but if, uh, if you're desperate and all those other guys are taken or you're in a deeper league, mm-hmm. Jeff Carter, Uh, Would definitely be the best option to go after. You've also got the fact
0: that these two teams just played on Wednesday and it was an absolute barn burner, high scoring game. So pretty much anybody um, in this Pittsburgh-Ottawa game on on Friday has a chance to get on the score sheet at at any point.
2: For sure. So uh, yeah, but like I said, if you're getting desperate, just go down the Penguins roster. But I would hope hope that you can uh, you know at least um, settle for Carter and not have to go any deeper than that. If if I had to rank them, assuming they were all available, and you're in a shallower league or um, I, I do have seen Raquel and Rust been dropped pretty regularly, even in 10 and 12 man leads this year. So they they could be out there still, but uh, I would go Raquel, Rust, Zucker, Smith, Carter in that order. Uh, obviously Smith is assuming that uh Letang and peachy are both out and he's still atop that top play unit. Any, uh, you feel any differently at all with those rankings, Brock?
0: No, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that there's a pretty good chance that somebody like Brian Rust is available. I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of just kind of frustration with him. So he would be probably the one that, um, is more likely available. I love Raquel. Raquel's shot volume is, is incredible. Um, he would he would be a terrific option. Rust obviously skied with that line of Crosby and Gensel. They've been a little bit cold as of late, but maybe yep. showing signs of heating back up, which is good news. And like you said, Zucker, most likely going to be available for a lot of our listeners. He would be the prime option, you know, if Rust and Raquel are gone. Because yeah, Zucker, Malkin, and Raquel, that line has been pretty good all season long. They obviously go through some some dry spells, but they've been um, quite hot as of late. So I, I agree 100%. Right on.
2: Uh, and then we'll take a quick look at the tendies here, uh, before I get on my way and we let Brock take you guys home. There are nine teams with a back to back this weekend, so I'm not going to list them all, but I will highlight, uh, some of my favorite matchups and backup tendies to go after on the wire this weekend. So, uh, starting off, we have the Kings in Nashville on Saturday in Chicago on Sunday. Um, so road back to back here. The good news is Chicago for that tail end of the back to back, uh, is also playing on Saturday. So we'll also be their second game in as many nights so really don't need to worry about the fatigue there which is great um all signs point to copley getting the nod in nashville saturday coming out of uh what i'm assuming is their bye week because they haven't played since sunday uh that leaves quick 44 percent owned to take on chicago he's only available obviously in 56 percent of leagues and he comes at an obvious risk to your splits he's got an 883 save percentage on the year but the kings will be a heavy favorite to get the dub on sunday uh like i said chicago also on the tail end of a back-to-back so uh, don't expect the fatigue to impact the line or the King's chances of winning that game. Uh, I, I really expect them to have a pretty easy time with the Blackhawks on Sunday. Obviously also worth
0: mentioning that Alex Daylock is still out. So uh, Peter Morazic and I think Jackson Stober Stauber are their two goalies right now. So um, if, if, stobers to get one of those two games um you know if he gets the second half of them back-to-back against the kings that would just be uh you'd imagine a cakewalk for them yeah
2: exactly or even mrazic getting two games in two nights so we'll take yeah not ideal yeah so they could still win the game and and quick could do some damage to your splits your save percentage and your goals against average so keep that in mind but if you're in a points league or you're just chasing the w on sunday and quick's available uh he will be a great option Uh, Moving on, we got the Avalanche who are doing the Pacific Northwest swing this weekend. They're in Vancouver on Friday, in Seattle on Saturday. Um, And yeah, don't look now, but Pavel Fran has looked pretty darn good since uh, returning from injury. He seems to really be battling Georgiev for the starting job, starting three games in a row before Georgiev was given the start on Wednesday. So obviously, if you're streaming Fran you want to see him get the nod on Friday in Vancouver uh, it really is anyone's guess how these starts will shake out right now between the two of them, Brock. I don't know if you got any additional insight for us this morning at all. No, nothing as of
0: yet. Uh, they won't skate until later this afternoon, but um, I wouldn't be stunned if if it's uh, Francois tonight. Obviously, they, you know, I think that they rode uh, Georgiev really, really heavily there for a little while, and I think that in in order to kind of just give him some rest, they really leaned on Francois there for a few games. Uh, just to kind of give have a breather, Franco's played pretty well. Then you have Georgia starting their last game, so I wouldn't be surprised if they come back to to Francois tonight and, and then go to Georgia on Saturday.
2: Yeah, Frankie would still be a decent option against Seattle on Saturday, but probably wouldn't crack our top ten starters for the night, given the size of the slate uh, and the fact that they'll be on the second night of a back to back against a rested Kraken team. So um, you might not be able to wait on it. That's the thing, because you know he's going to be snapped up pretty quickly once the start um gets announced. So if you're feeling uh brave and and you're feeling like rolling the dice and you just want to go ahead and and, and grab Francois right now, um then uh, you'll be rewarded handsomely if he does get the start tonight in Vancouver. Uh and then we got the Golden Knights. Uh they're at home against the Capitals on Saturday before traveling to Arizona on Sunday. Um yeah, move over Phil Gustafson because Aiden Hill is the darling of the streaming segment this week. He's just 15% owned. He's getting the start again. Or he did get the start against the Red Wings uh, last night meaning that uh, the Golden Knights will almost certainly go back to Logan Thompson for Saturday's game against the Capitals, which leaves Hill to feast against his former team and the Coyotes on Sunday. Uh, The Yotes are also set to play their second game in as many nights on Sunday. So again, we don't have to worry about fatigue here. Uh, Hill has been really solid this season when given the chance and uh, the Golden Knights will be heavy, heavy favorites in this game. So this is uh, easily my, my spot start of the weekend.
0: Yeah, he, he he even had really good numbers coming into uh, yesterday's game against the Red Wings. I really liked him as a spot start yesterday. The Red Wings finally showed up for the first time uh, in a while and, uh, and and did a little bit of a number on him. But he's been great this year. Uh, all season long, he's been one of the best spot starts of, of the year. So obviously getting the Coyotes, who are playing a little bit better, but still are not a high-scoring team, he'll certainly be the top spot start of the weekend.
2: Definitely. And then we got Winnipeg and Ottawa on Saturday, in Philadelphia on Sunday. Um Finally, we should get uh, one more viable streaming option out of the Jets this weekend. Uh, They definitely came through for us last weekend with Perfetti and Wheeler having big games. Uh, But This weekend with the back-to-back, we're just looking at the crease. Expect Hellebuck to get the Senators on Saturday, which leaves David Riddick just 3% owned, so almost available in in every league out there. Um, He should be taking on the Flyers on Sunday. Honestly, the Flyers are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They did lose last night, but they still won eight of their last 11 games. So the start isn't as enticing as it would have looked a few weeks ago. Uh, But the Flyers will also be on a back-to-back that day. The Jets uh, will be, I would imagine, a small favorite to win the game. Uh, And Riddick has been solid and given the chance to play this season. So he's definitely a good option as well.
0: Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that Sam Erson was sent back to the AHL today, uh, which means Felix Sandstrom is back up with the Flyers. They just didn't want to risk losing Sandstrom on waivers, so I'd imagine that Sandstrom starts that game. Um, And of the three, he's been the worst of of Hart, Erson, and and, and himself this year. So that also increases the likelihood of the Jets winning that game. And I think it's worth mentioning, while the – Flyers have played a lot better as of late. They've kind of just feasted on, on the, the weaker competition, like a little bit surprising to see them lose to the Blackhawks last night because when they played against kind of bad teams or, or even mediocre teams, they've been pretty good. But then whenever they run up against a good hockey team, which the Jets are, they've still kind of been getting steamrolled. So I do think the Jets, even with Riddick between the pipes, should have no trouble there.
2: Yeah. I So if I'm, I'm ranking these, I would go Aiden Hill at number one, Frankie at two, assuming he gets to start tonight against Vancouver. Uh, and then I would probably go quick three Riddick four, but obviously you just got to be, um, weary of, of quick, you know, obviously doing some potential damage to your split. So it just depends what you want to go after with those, those last two there for me. Yeah. Uh, quick, obviously if you're just
0: looking for the W is certainly going to be a high uh, percentage to, to win that game still plays behind a really good team, but yeah, the splits are always in danger with Jonathan quick.
2: Yes, sir. But that's it. Lots of, uh, lots of great options out there. So get out on the wire. Uh, you got a few hours before puck drop tonight. get out ahead of the competition and uh, steal a couple of victories this weekend.
0: yeah, lots of juicy nuggets in d's streamers of the weekend and they have just been scorching hot this season. so d, as always, thank you for taking time out of your actual Friday workday. hopefully the boss doesn't listen to the podcast, but uh, as always, great streaming targets for all the listeners and after the break, we're going to take a quick breather here. And uh, when we return, I'll talk about the uh, the fantasy playoff schedule. So thanks, D. Talk to you back here uh, next
2: week. Been a slice, man. Peace. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible,
1: budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 27 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seegan, and I will be taking you solo through the remainder of this episode. We're just going to take a quick look at the playoff schedule for fantasy hockey. It is worth mentioning that I I tweeted this out to try to get a grip on what the most popular fantasy format is for the playoffs this year um, and and use that one as opposed to I can't cover all of them. So uh, this might not work perfectly with your playoff schedule. So just check that out. Keep an eye out. The way we're talking about it today is week 22, 23, 24 of the playoffs. So that's March uh, 13th to April 2nd. And uh, that is the, the most popular fantasy playoff format from what I got on Twitter. So we will be talking about it that way. For today, So not only do we have who has the most games, but I also use my strength of schedule tool, which I release every single Monday, a weekly strength of schedule to try to find the best streaming options for the week. Uh, but I use that same tool to try to figure out who has the best fantasy uh, matchups in, in the postseason. So it is worth mentioning, obviously, that it is just January 20th. I would imagine that a lot of these defensive metrics, depending on trades or what have you, uh, could switch, could change up a little bit between now and the actual fantasy hockey playoffs. But if you want to take a quick look and, and plan it out and try to target some of these players right now, uh, these are the easiest strength of schedules in the postseason. So uh, I will also be tweeting this out at DFO Podcast um, to let you, just so, so you guys can have a visual of what the this looks like and Uh, while you're listening, you can follow along there. So be sure uh, to check us out on Twitter at DFO podcast, and we will have this graphic there for you. So again, weeks 22, 23, and 24, March 13th to April 2nd, the most games played, there's only one team that plays 12 games over that stretch, and that is the Boston Bruins. Uh, The strength of schedule is also pretty good, middle of the pack in terms of uh, who they're going to be playing against. So Not only do they play the most, but they also have a pretty favorable schedule if we take a look. uh, Overall, their schedule ranks as the 10th easiest and they play the most games. So really the team that you're going to want to try to target is the Boston Bruins. Obviously, trading for guys like David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand is going to be difficult. It's going to come at a price. So some of the names that I've outlined... Uh, here as, as buy low candidates potentially. One is Charlie McAvoy. He's been relatively quiet, hasn't had the greatest season since returning from injury. He's got 17 points in, or sorry, 27 points in 32 games, but he's been a little bit quiet as of late. Uh, just, I think, a goal, yeah, goal of four assists, sorry, a goal of three assists in his last six games. So still not terrible production, but I think he's somebody who uh, owners maybe had a little bit higher expectations for. And coming off the injury so i think that he's a decent buy low candidate if you need some help on the blue line um obviously he's still going to come out of price but i think charlie mcavoy is somebody that's good to go after but i think the number one buy low candidate for the boston bruins right now is jake DeBrusk. he's out he's injured he's going to be out still for a little bit but he will be back in time for the fantasy hockey playoffs we believe and if he you know returns to that top line when the fantasy hockey playoffs roll around then he could be a nice boost to your roster at that time. So remember, he got her in the winter classic. He was placed on long-term IR. He's out indefinitely, but we do still expect him to, to see him back here towards the end of the season. I don't think that it will cost too much to acquire him uh, on the trade market, just given the uncertainty of exactly when he's going to be back. So if you can scoop up Jake Debrusk and he does end up returning for the fantasy hockey playoffs, the way the Bruins schedule lays out, he could be a nice boost to your team. Take a look at the waiver wire. Uh, Taylor Hall, 53% owned, David Krejci, 25% owned, and Pavel Zaka, 10% owned. That second line of Krejci, Zaka, and Paschenak, uh has been heating up for sure lately. Uh, their underlying metrics still remain, you know, Okay, pretty pedestrian, but when you're playing with somebody as good as David Pasternak, he can obviously overcome some modest uh, 5v5 metrics, and obviously they, they've been heating up. They've been playing better as of late, so if they can continue this um, you know, hot stretch into the second half, I think that Krejci and Saka could certainly be people that help you uh, throughout the rest of the season and obviously into the, the playoffs when... Uh, you know, 12 games and a good schedule. The Bruins are worth targeting for sure. Now, one of the easiest schedules in the entire playoffs ha- is the Colorado Avalanche. Overall, they have the second easiest schedule overall, and they also play the second most games. They have 11 games in that stretch. Buy low options are few and far between for this team. Obviously, it's going to be difficult to acquire somebody like Kale McCarr, um, you know, Miko Rant and Nathan McKinnon. But I think you could probably get your hands on Valor and Achushkin. Obviously, missed a lot of time, just returned to the lineup. He's got just one assist in two games. I expect big things from Achushkin moving forward. Obviously, just getting back in the lineup potentially people were waiting on him for, for a long time and, and are a little bit disappointed with the early return so far. So I think if you, if you move quickly, you might be able to get a on, on the cheap right now. Evan Rodriguez still playing on the top line uh, with Nathan McKinnon. He's just 37% owned. and JT confer on the second line with Nico Randon just 22% on two waiver wire additions that you could look at uh, to kind of, Carry you through the rest of the season, and then also have their juicy playoff schedules. So Natchooshkin the one guy that I look at. I also think Devon Taves uh, is somebody that you could probably target as well. he's obviously been a little bit better as of late, picked up two assists in their most recent game, but that was without Kale McCarr. He's on the top power play unit. Um, I mean, it's worth mentioning that both of his assists came at 5v5, but nonetheless, those were his first points in some time, five assists in his last eight games. I think, you know, Devon Taves is probably a name that you could target. The numbers have not been nearly as good as they were a season ago. Eight assists sorry, eight points in his last 16 games overall. So the choose from Devon Taves, if you need some help on the blue line, there are the two names that stick out to me. The next team is the Vancouver Canucks. Overall, they have the fourth easiest schedule and they have 11 games over that stretch. It's very difficult to target the, the Vancouver Canucks right now because you just really don't know what this team is going to look like come the fantasy hockey playoffs. You're probably looking at them being without Bo Uh, Who knows how many other bodies end up getting traded. They, they, they seem to be kind of an open market at this point. So, it is difficult to sit here and be like, yes, this is a very viable trade target. But if you want to take a swing, I think that you can get JT Miller for very, very cheap. He's obviously had a very disappointing season. There's been all sorts of issues in Vancouver. I know people are trying to get rid of JT Miller uh, pretty regularly. So, you know, obviously if you don't kind of screw yourself over and and give up too much i think if you can acquire jt miller on the cheap with the playoff schedule i think that he could be somebody that could help your team and i do not think it'll be too too difficult to acquire him on the cheap right now uh and the numbers have been improving as of late so maybe it's you know turning uh, turning the corner a little bit here for jt miller and i think that if, if you can acquire him uh for for very very cheap that it would not be too bad of a move. If you take a look at the waiver wire, Brock Besser, forty five percent owned, and Andre Kuzmenko, forty four percent owned, also somebody that could be traded, um, and, and really maybe not get the benefit of this nice playoff schedule, but. Certainly a name worth targeting on the waiver wire. The St. Louis Blues pretty easy schedule as well. Also have eleven games. We can lump the Columbus Blue Jackets in there as well. Eleven games. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, Pavel Buchnevich, Robert Thomas probably some of the the buy low candidates that you can get in St. Louis. Vladimir Tarasenko has been injured for a little bit, so certainly you can take advantage of that. Pavel Buchnevich has been okay. Certainly hasn't seen uh, the same level of of number like the same level play we saw a season ago obviously he had a really nice start to the season he's cooled off a little bit so i think that maybe now is the time to pounce but uh, overall he's been pretty good it's just you know the last few games haven't been quite as good as we've seen from him in years past uh, or last year i guess i should say robert thomas another name uh, that's been pretty solid the issue with robert thomas is he just doesn't score a lot of goals um so I think obviously, you know, owners could grow a little bit sick of that. Uh, obviously, it doesn't help you a ton either if he's not scoring you a lot of goals. But in the playoffs, if he's picking up a ton of assists, he could help you win a category. Um, picking up a lot of points in the playoffs when they've got an easy schedule. I think Robert Thomas is somebody uh, that you could target. On the waiver wire. you have got Ryan O'Reilly at 28% own. Again, maybe not somebody that's playing in St. Louis come the fantasy hockey playoffs. But um, worth mentioning if he is still there, uh, for sure. Obviously, the Blue Jackets, they just, it's been a disaster for them. Um, Fairly easy schedule, 11 games. Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Line are the two names that stick out. It's just been disappointing for both of them. Um, I think owners would have no issue parting ways with them. The Blue Jackets have just been uh, horrendous this season. So a bit more risky. I think you'd still have to give up a decent chunk to get Gaudreau and Line, But overall, uh, nice schedule for them in the fantasy hockey playoffs. And uh, getting them now uh, will definitely come at a much cheaper cost than it would have at the start of the season or even a, a couple weeks ago. Waiver Wire. Boone is still centering that top line with them. 31% owned. I think you could look there. If you're in deeper leagues, dynasty leagues, Kirill Marchenko, who we mentioned a couple times in the last few weeks, 2% owned. Uh, his role seems to be increasing and uh, you know he's got a lot of talent. I think that he's somebody in deeper leagues that's certainly worth a pickup at the moment. Okay, so there's some other teams with 11 games. Overall, there are uh, 12 teams with 11 games, uh, but these schedules start to get a little bit more difficult. You've got the New Jersey Devils, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the National Predators, the Montreal Canadiens, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers, and Ottawa Senators. Again, I know this can be a little bit difficult to follow, uh, so we will be tweeting out a graphic so you can see it as well. The extra game might not matter a whole lot when you're playing against much stiffer competition, but obviously um, you know the Devils have some pretty decent waiver wire pickups. Andre Palat, 23% owned. Dawson Mercer, 16% owned. I think the Maple Leafs have some decent buy low candidates. Morgan Riley being the prime uh, option there. The National Predators, Matt Duchesne being a nice target there. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Crystal Tank, who remains out. Brian Rust, we just talked about him potentially being available on the waiver wire if he's still owned. I think you could acquire him for cheap. Jason Zucker, 29% owned, can be picked up as well. Uh, Sebastian Aho has cooled off a little bit. I wanted to talk about Pat, uh, Max Pacioretty, but it looks like he's going to be out for a while again after re-injuring himself yesterday. So I think Sebastian Ajo has overall been fairly disappointing for most owners this season. So I think that there's uh, you know, you could probably get him for cheap. But again, the Hurricanes have one of the toughest schedules uh, moving forward. If you just want to, we're talking about teams with 11 games. Overall, the Senators who have 11 games have the hardest schedule. The Rangers who have 11 games have the second hardest schedule. The Hurricanes have the fourth hardest schedule. The Penguins have the sixth hardest schedule so they might play the extra games, but really it's going to be difficult to um you know have them produce if their schedule is so difficult so it might be worthwhile to take a look at teams uh you know maybe with one less game but have much easier schedule and the first one that sticks out is the calgary flames calgary flames only have 10 games during the fantasy hockey playoffs but they have by far the easiest schedule overall. So Jonathan Huberto has been kind of a buy-low candidate throughout the entirety of the season. Not much has changed. He's only got eight goals and 23 assists, but I still think that he remains uh, a viable buy-low candidate. And if they have the easiest schedule in the fantasy hockey playoffs, he could certainly – uh, put up some numbers during the most important part of the season. The rest of this team's played pretty well. I still like, you know, if we're looking at waiver wire pickups, Mikel Backlund's been on a, on a tear. Same with Andrew Mangiapane. is 27% owned. Backlund's just 14% owned. I like both of them moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I think the clear buy low candidate here is Jonathan Hubril. The Edmonton Oilers also only have 10 games, but their schedule is quite favorable overall. They have the third easiest schedule overall. It's obviously a little bit difficult to to say, you know, exactly who to target when it comes to the Evans and Oilers. You're not going to be getting Connor. You're not going to be getting Leon. Uh, Zach Hyman's been outstanding. Perhaps people are concerned about uh, Evander Kane returning to the lineup and thinking that that could have an effect on Zach Hyman's numbers. So I think I would take a swing on Zach Hyman. I feel that a lot of questions about – What's going to happen to to Hyman's value once Evander Kane returns? And I think he's going to be perfectly fine. His numbers when Evander Kane was in the lineup were really, really strong. They split the top power play unit usage uh, pretty much down the middle. So I have no concerns about Zach Hyman moving forward. And and if people are concerned about uh, his value with Kane back in the lineup, then I, I certainly... Uh, take a swing there. Speaking of Kane, I think he's a perfect buy-low candidate. He has no points uh, in his first two games being back. Yesterday, he was like kind of on the fourth line. He moved up the lineup, but uh, in warm-ups, he was on like the fourth line. He's not on the top power play unit. I think that there's you know, probably some owners that will be a little bit nervous about, okay, well, what's going on here with Evander Kane? And and, and I'm not concerned about his value at all. He's going to find himself back in that top six with regularity. He's going to get some time on that top power play unit. He's played 17 minutes in both his first two games back. So I'm not too worried about him. Um, And if there are owners that are potentially concerned, I think that they're, you know, him and Hyman kind of um, people, I think only one of them can be great. And in my mind, they can both be excellent for uh, the Oilers this season. So I like both of them as buy low options. Uh, you know, maybe Tyson Barry, He's still in the top power play unit. I think you could probably look there as well. Uh, but yeah, very, very favorable schedule for them. The Dallas Stars are in a very, uh, the very same boat. They have the fifth easiest schedule overall. Just 10 games played in the fantasy hockey playoffs. But I think some of that group A hints, because he's injured, people have, have you know, had issues with Rupe in the past because he's had a hard time staying in the lineup. Tyler Segan's played extremely well in Rupe's absence. Uh, I think that, you know, you could potentially uh, scoop up a Rupe hints, a uh, cheaper than, you, you know, maybe normally could and uh, a lot to like about him, obviously when he gets back, but being injured, maybe now is the time to try to pounce on Rupe And There hasn't been a whole lot of news on when he's going to be back. So maybe people are getting a little bit uh, scared with, with, you know, Rupe Hans. but he's been skating. I don't expect him to be out very long, but only maybe we know that. And you don't have to worry too much about, uh, you know, acquiring him on the cheek. If somebody is concerned about him, waiver wire, still kind of some of the same names, you know, you still got Jamie Ben, uh, he's 80, 81% owned, but his, his, uh his game's tailed off a little bit, obviously. I still think he could be a decent buy-low option if you're looking to, you know, pick somebody up moving into the playoffs. But as for the waiver wire, we talked about Wyatt Johnson, just 2% owned in deep leagues. I think that that's fine. Mason Marchman's kind of moved down the lineup, but I still think he's okay. Tyler Segan, obviously a great pickup right now, still only 57% owned. Okay, uh, we're kind of running out of teams to talk about here, but I will talk about one more. Sorry, excuse me, two more. Uh, And that's the LA Kings, the Winnipeg Jets. And maybe we can lump the Florida Panthers in here because sixth easiest schedule in 10 games is the Kings. Seventh easiest schedule in 10 games is the Jets. And the ninth easiest schedule in 10 games is the Florida Panthers. So uh, if we're taking a look at those teams, let's start with the LA Kings. You know, obviously they've kind of cooled off recently, you know, I think that you could probably look to buy low on, on quite a few of these names. Dante Kopitar being one of them. he's down to 75% own, um, you know, only like two goals in his last 15 games or something like that. Uh, he's cooled off. So I think Kopitar is probably a decent buy low right now. Um, you know, some of the injured guys, I, I know you could probably pick up Velarde. He's out right now. Kaliev's only 9% on. he's going to be back eventually. Trevor Moore is going to be back eventually. All those guys can be picked up and I think will be fine options. The only one that's really not a buy low candidate on the Kings right now is Kevin Fiala. He's been the only one playing really, really well as of late producing incredible numbers. So you can pretty much buy low or pick up anybody else on the Kings for the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's kind of the same thing. You know, everybody except for Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois are basically buy low candidates at the moment. Mark Scheifele's played pretty well as well. So you could probably, you know, probably won't be able to get him, but uh, Nick Eulers, you know, He's been good. Probably not going to be able to buy low on him. So Wheeler and Perfetti are kind of the only two that you're left with. Uh, not only do you have to like not really buy low on them, you can probably pick them up. Wheeler, I'm sure you can buy low on, 51% owned, but Perfetti, 21% owned, probably available on your waiver wire. And obviously a very favorable schedule uh, for the Jets in the playoffs. For the Florida Panthers, they seem to be starting to turn things around a little bit. Overall, um, I, I really like Sam Bennett. I like Sam Bennett's game a lot. I like what he uh, provides on that second line. That uh, The underlying numbers for that Florida second line has been outstanding this season. So I like Sam Bennett a lot. Uh, the numbers have been pretty solid. Not great. So I I think that you could probably buy relatively low on him. Anton Liddell skating on that top line has been pretty solid. He's got a goal, two goals and one assist in his last three games. He's still just 21% owned. I absolutely would like to pick him up. I like Carter for Haggy a lot. Overall, his numbers have been relatively disappointing, Um, but he's still on that second line that have just been red hot at 56% owned. He's a great buy low option. So a lot to like here. I still like Aaron Ekblad as a buy low as well. Um, I talked about it last week. I will stick with that. And with a favorable playoff schedule, I think that, you know, a lot of these Panthers do make uh, for great buy low candidates as well. So that's going to pretty much do it for the teams that you should buy low on. Some of the teams that have the worst schedules or the least amount of games that you're going to try to maybe want to move. Minnesota has a, you know, one of the hardest schedules and only nine games, the Golden Knights, The San Jose Sharks and the Seattle Kraken, their schedules are okay, but they also only play nine games. So those would be kind of players from those teams that I would be looking uh, to move. As we mentioned, some of the hardest schedules over that stretch, the Senators, the Rangers, the Lightning, the Hurricanes, the Wild, Penguins, Blackhawks, Sabres, Montreal Canadiens. Those are among the toughest schedules. So those are teams that you would probably look to move. Obviously some of those teams play 11 games and they might be able to overcome some of the difficulty of the schedule. So the teams like I just mentioned that I would like to focus on with difficult schedules and the least amount of games are the Wild, the Golden Knights, the Sharks, the Kraken, and then the Lightning and Blackhawks are probably the teams if you've got players from those teams I would be looking to move, you know, a Maddie Ramirez in a, in a redraft league. I think, I mean, you know, his value is at an all-time high right now. I'd be looking to move the Berniers, Burakovskis, Everly's, players like that. Uh, for the Sharks, I still think it's a good time to move Eric Carlson, especially when you look at this playoff schedule. I think you can get a King's Ransom. We talked about how, uh, you know, Charlie McAvoy is probably a decent buy low. Great schedule for them in the playoffs. You could probably get McAvoy plus very easily. Um, so Carlson – Couture, Hurdle, guys like that for the Golden Knights, pretty much anybody on that team uh, right now, it, it, you could sell, you know, uh, Stones injured. You've got Marshall, so Eichel, not a great playoff schedule. So if you can sell them for even value and get players that are going to have more games with an easier schedule in the playoffs in a redraft league, uh, obviously don't sell the farm if you're in keeper leagues, you, you know, you got to be a little bit more uh, pick and choose your spots a little bit better to keep release because you're not just going to give away uh, great keepers for the sake of, of having a deep playoff run. So those are the teams, as I mentioned, we will tweet this out. It's obviously going to be a little bit easier for you to follow along while you are looking at this schedule. So uh, follow us on Twitter. When I tweet this episode out, I will include this graphic with the episodes you should have no problems following along with that as you are listening thank you guys so much for tuning in this is season 8 episode 27 of the dfo fantasy podcast for dylan d burtham and michael buse i'm broxie and we'll see you guys back here next week It's not over now.
1: So blow a kiss and wrap me up in darkness. Make it quick before the feeling sticks and holds. I can't see no other way to come. So pick up your bags and we can start